This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Mike Van Solen's in the house, principal at Navigator. How's Mike? Great to be here. Great day for talk radio as well. Thank you for that. Uh, Kim Wright is with us, principal at Wright Strategies. How's Kim? Fantastic. Thank you. And Kelly Harris, principal of Harris Public Affairs in Toronto, who's also held senior positions in Tim Hudak's PC Opposition Leader's Office and former BC Premier Gordon Campbell, his office. Kelly, how are you doing? Fantastic, John. Great to see you. You're all political animals. i got to ask you this, then, because we were just riffing on Maxime Bernier. He's invited to the leaders' debate, debates next week, English and French. There are going to be six of them. Uh, However, you know, he was at Mohawk College yesterday, and there was a bit of a kerfuffle. Antifa members were protesting. I guess they see him as being toxic. Is he too toxic for the leaders' debate, even, or should he be invited or disinvited for other reasons, Mike Van Solen? Well, he shouldn't have been invited in the first place. I believe it's just, uh, you know, the Liberal Party sort of playing with the rules because they think it will distract from, uh, give him a stage, and and any vote for him, in their view, is a vote away from the Conservatives. Um, I don't think he's earned the right to be there. He hasn't won election as a member of of his new party. Uh, I don't see, uh, you know, until we see some real evidence that Canadians are interested in the ideas they're advancing, um, you he, he doesn't belong in that stage. Let him go to the election. I'm all for free speech. Let him go to Mohawk College, uh, say what he believes, and people are, are welcome to listen to him and, and find out more about the party. But until we see some real evidence that this party has any life uh, chances of success in this country, uh, I don't know why we would possibly waste any time uh, in the debate uh, having Max answer questions. All right. Well, the consortium that's putting this together say he met the criteria. I guess he was polling better than 2%. And he is seated in the House, although your argument is it wasn't as the leader of the PPC. Yeah, I voted in as a conservative. Okay, so uh, Kelly, should he have been invited, yes, no? No. If, if the criteria is you've got a seat in the House, then why isn't the block at the uh, English language debate? Apparently they're going to be. That's my understanding. Excellent. You know, I've, I've never been a fan of uh, having Max in the debate. I think it invites a whole bunch of hate speech. And while I appreciate there are people who say that that's just free speech, you know what? I don't want him on the debate stage. I think he, he for so many reasons, but the day he decided there was a, in both official languages, an eight-part Twitter rant saying that his supporters should go and attack Greta Thunberg a teenage girl, uh, then no. That's when he lost all moral credibility to be on that stage. Did he actually say attacker? Yes, attack. Hmm. Uh, In both official languages. Physically? Well, that's up to Max to tell people, but he actually was very clear in the attack her and went on a whole, questioned her mental stability, questioned her ethics, questioned a whole bunch of things in an eight-part Twitter rant that ran in eight parts in both official languages. He very deliberately says things. He tries to play both sides of things and say, oh, I'm not a racist or I'm not hate-speeching and I'm not this and I'm not that, but... You know what? He's not putting down any of his candidates who are saying racist, racist things or hate-filled things. In fact, it's pra- practically encouraged within the PPC. And we saw it last uh, yesterday in Hamilton. They knew Hamilton has been ground zero for some of this uh, divisive hate-fueled uh, uh, animosity. And we saw this at Pride uh, in Hamilton where there was an altercation. And while, yes, I don't condone the Antifa folks yelling at a woman, an older woman crossing the street. Uh, with with the a walker. Or- with a walker. I don't, I don't condone them yelling, period, unless, you know, there, unless there's a reason for it, like they're saying, you know. So you thought it was a legitimate reason? 
I, I think that they shouldn't have been just yelling at people willy-nilly, but I also know that Max and his team went to Hamilton, went to Mohawk College, did this entire thing to get everyone talking about him. Well, yeah, we're talking about it. I don't want to dwell inordinately on this, but Kelly, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, are we also creating a a really slippery slope for future debates? If all yes. you need to do is to be in the House and poll at minimal numbers across the country... Literally, you could have 10, 15 people up there on the stage if you tried to do that. I mean, Jody Wilson-Raybould could start a party tomorrow morning, and I bet you she'd pull better than anybody on 2% the— 2% nationally? Yeah, 2% nationally. Why mm. not? All right. Uh, so let's just leave this because, you know, Maxine, by the way, says uh, some of this stuff was miscommunicated or lost in translation or communication. But nonetheless, uh, when it comes to that, what about Andrew Shear's insurance bona fides? Uh, <laughs> was that miscommunicated? I mean, I'm not sure I follow this story entirely because it has to do with the nuance of uh, or the timeline of when he actually registered. Uh, does any of this speak to character, and uh, is it an issue worth pursuing, Mike Van Solen? Not at all. I mean, this is a nothing burger. When does this election get around to like real issues that Canadians care about? Like, it is crazy that we're just doing over and over, and everybody's guilty of it. Uh, character assassinations, trying to dredge up stuff in the past that you know what uh, just breeds cynicism among Canadians. We need at some point for these campaigns all to sort of turn around to some real issues talk about how they're going to try to make a difference in people's lives. And I think uh, the reason the Canadian public, in my view, is not highly engaged in this election is because everybody's doing uh, crazy little stunts like this that miss the point of addressing what Canadians actually want to hear, which is how's government going to make a difference in my life. Well, you know, you've got your five uh, different silos or themed blocks in the debate that's coming up on October 7th in the French debate on the 10th, uh, similar but somewhat distinct as well, uh, the Canadian or the uh, English language debate, affordability and economic insecurity, uh, environment and energy, indigenous issues, national and global leadership, and polarization, human rights, and immigration. What's interesting in the French language debate, uh, they're going to cover economy and finances, environment and energy, foreign policy and immigration, identity, ethics, and governance, you notice a disparity here? Yeah, well, I notice a disparity, and I also notice health care is missing. And, uh, you know, if you look at most polling, you know, this is the issue that Canadians uh, most care about, and it's completely miss from, missing from both debates. So that's puzzling to me. Affordability seems to be an issue that certainly all parties have addressed as, as a theme that Canadians care about. So good on them for, for having that included. Yeah, how come? Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, what about housing affordability? That's the one thing that all three platforms has come out with. It's, it's cited as one of the top five issues in every single issues poll. And we, we've, we've seen provincial governments come out with housing plans. We've seen the federal debates come out, but it's not going to be debated on the national stage. And I got to tell you, from somebody who just left a fairly large financial institution, that's the number one issue in Canada. Right. Uh, we had talked about it earlier today as well, where, uh, you know, the uh, people at BDO uh, did an affordability index, and they found that, you know, I can't remember what the actual percentage is, but uh, it's like a quarter of Canadians have no money set aside for retirement, and it's almost like 40% of uh, people are uh, paycheck away from insolvency, living paycheck to paycheck. 
it's pretty dire, I mean, when it comes to these things. So just to the point that they're not going to address it, unless some oblique way they're going to work it in, affordability and economic insecurity may actually be uh, the heading under under which they'll uh, work that in. But they got five themes. They say they're going to uh, take questions from Canadians and work in one question per topic with the five moderators. I mean, is this starting to sound unwieldy to you, Kim Wright? It, it, as I've said, <laughs> yes. Yes, the short answer is yes. Uh, the long answer is I think there are going to be more people asking questions uh, than answering questions, and I don't think that's good for people who are trying to figure out who are these people? What do they actually stand for? Is there any authenticity on that stage from the people who are trying to be not only leaders of our country, but leaders of a G7 nation? And I want to be able to see from them, I don't care about the moderators. I don't care about their ratings numbers. I care about what the people who are supposed to lead our country and be moral leaders on the world stage have to say about these things. And if they can't show up and be seen and be heard, then I think the the debates are a failure from that from that metric. All right, uh, trying to shoehorn everything in in a two-hour format. Uh, it's like a democratic debate. There's like going to be like 20 people, and only people want to hear from four of them. Right. Democrats are making more choices than, uh, than what's being well, made in this. Uh, do you see it as being, you know, uh, it's a sop to everything and everybody and pleases no one because it's not, I don't see how you're going to really get down into the meat of uh, and any thing of substance right. here. It seems to me it's designed to not not produce a big moment. You know, if you wanted to, like, how are we going to make this so unwieldy and awkward and just one-on-one sort of questions, uh, very little interaction between them? If you, if you wanted to do everything you could to create the rules to ensure that nothing really moves or changes and there's no big moments in the debate. If I'm Justin Trudeau, they, I'm the happiest it. person in the world because oh, sure. nobody will uh, listen to me at that point. Right. And he's already skipped the first debate and he, second debate. the second debate had to be canceled because he wasn't go- going to go to it. It looks like this was all put together by him and his party, and he's getting exactly what he wants. Well, uh, he has, don't say. <laughs> he's come out uh, with his policy platform yesterday, and uh, I wanted to highlight some of those things and see if, in fact, they'll resonate with the electorate. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.